We will kick off today's episode with our guest speaker pitching why you should listen to our podcast and follow our journey. Let's get started, folks. You have to understand, first of all, that the Green Roof is basically, I like to say it's like a, a movement of all type of things. Uh, we're basically working for the idea of creating innovation, um, rather innovative innovations. Um, so that might sound like a little repetition here, but there's a lot of ideas in the air that can easily be made. And sometimes we don't have the teamwork to do it. Sometimes we don't have the support to do so. And what the Green Roof does is with a focus on improving our environment, um, our actual like environment, like, you know, the planet Earth and everything, <laughs> we definitely want to make sure that we can collaborate as a team and continue making awesome projects that can continue to improve how we currently live in our planet. Welcome to an episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Earth team of Southern Illinois University Carbondale. We are a cross-university team of young, innovative minds positively impacting the landscape of SIU Carbondale through promoting and installing clean energy. Here, we are highlighting our team's activities and impact through our members, sponsors, and supporters, as well as discussing a new, interesting topic. So buckle up, because we are driving to a more sustainable future. Today, we are speaking with Edward Ivan Labarca Torres, a recent graduate of mechanical engineering from the Inter-American University of Puerto Rico. Yes, over 2,000 miles away. How are you doing today, Edward? I'm doing excellent. How about yourself, Nelson? I'm doing well. So to kick off our podcast, the first episode, would you please tell us, Don, a little, little bit about yourself, where you're from, your interests, and what you're passionate about? Yeah, for sure. I want to start off by saying that I've, I'm pretty honored to be in this podcast. Um, definitely, there's a lot of cool potential for this podcast and platform to evolve into, and I'm just super happy to be here. Uh, as you just mentioned, I actually uh, studied at the Inter-American University of Puerto Rico, which is indeed 2,000 miles away. So definitely the entire pandemic situation has caused a lot of ups and downs for um, just how this entire transition was, right? And one of the highlights definitely has to be how teleworking would end up being. Uh, there's a lot of virtual work that ended up working. And I mean, we're here right now, you know, 2000 miles away, and uh, still we're here able to record this podcast. So I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, yeah, I guess a small introduction is, uh, hi, my name is Edward Yvonne from Lavarca. I am a mechanical engineer that did graduate from the Inter-American University of Puerto Rico. I am currently um, really just like experimenting with a lot of projects on the side. I currently am trying to apply my engineering knowledge as a whole in the procurement engineering services. And there's a lot to learn in the industry as a whole. So I'm pretty privileged to have the opportunity to just go ahead and learn and help my team expand. And on, the, on my free time, I actually, uh, I'm an author. <laughs> I, I really, really like writing. Um, not funnily enough, I think like me reading is not necessarily my number one passion, but I, I really do like the design process of things in general, whether that's engineering, artwork, um, anything that's just, you know, building something from point A to point B. And yeah, so I ended up publishing a book called The Beauty of a Time Limit. It's a fictional novel that involves basically a ticking time bomb in the sky that's going to destroy everyone if everyone uh, does not cooperate. And well, it turns out no one really cooperates, but hey, <laughs> a little bit more details there. 
And yeah, so if you have any questions that you want to go ahead and start off with, I'll be more than happy to uh, you know start it off with. But really excited to be here. It's awesome to hear. And before we like dive into all the deep, hard hitting questions, how did you um come about becoming an author? Like usually when I think about an engineer, I think about someone who's super into the logistics, into the fine details, and you're able to mix that creativity with all of the numbers, right? Right. An engineer is all about the math, all about the the drawings. Like I, yeah, I completely agree there. Like writing literature is is uh it's very different, right? <laughs> um, I, I definitely can see how that's a different perspective. But really how it all started off was there's this really cool way to, I think, I think the term was lucid dreaming, where you could have the ability to just literally make your imaginations go however you want, whenever you start, um, you know, in this case, like in your rest position, right? So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I have not learned how to lucid dream yet. I'm <laughs> super terrible at it. But one of the tips is to write down on a notebook, like all the type of dreams that you would have, right? And I, I just remember having like this really insane dream. It had like all these cool elements. And I was like, man, I want to write this down. And with a little bit of like a habit of just writing down a lot of like dreams, hundred dream journal, I, I was like, what, what if, what if this is like a message, right? What if this is like a, like some, some type of, I don't know, cinematic universe trying to tell me like, hey, you should, you should write this down somewhere. And uh, I, I kind of just like played around with the idea of like, hey, what would actually happen if I compiled every single note and, you know, made characters out of it, uh, made a world out of it. And um, there's a lot of discipline to actually keep up the pace. And I'll be more than happy to explain that in just a second here. But that pretty much is what kickstarted the, um, I guess like the authorship route here. I just really wanted to make these ideas come to life somehow. And the most, or in this case, the easiest way to get that done was just by writing everything down. And, you know, I mean, us engineers have access to Microsoft Word, right? So, I mean, that's a pretty useful tool. So I was like, what, what if I just type things that aren't numbers, that, like aren't number related? And I was like, maybe we can do something with this. And that's kind of how the book started. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a real word on the street. So definitely bring on circle background to the book, but right now we kind of want to know about how you became involved with the Green Roof team, especially being so far away, not even on the continental US. So how did that come to be? Yeah, for sure. So going into mechanical engineering was extremely exciting. Um, there's a lot of cool things you could learn, but one of the most important lessons that uh, my advisors and professors would tell me is to be as involved as possible. Um, networking and just making sure that you have a taste of everything before you start committing to what type of industry you want to work at is extremely important to do. And as a freshman, I joined seven associations. Uh, that was a lot of a lot of workload on on the. That was a lot to chew on, basically. But um, the idea was um, in those seven associations, I was able to see at least a general overview of how uh you know these um projects would work it was super exciting to see how you know we had asme ship um and just I, I honestly i'm having a very terrible time remembering the others but the one that interested me the most was basically the robotics team that inter had um it didn't last too long unfortunately the there wasn't um too much i guess like financial support at the time but the point is that it did bring me an open mind to go ahead and try as many things as possible so Fast forward into, I think this was, correct me if I'm wrong, 2019, just two years ago. 
uh, I was able to go into, I was invited to the Dominion Energy Conference that is where I met you. And uh, things were really funny there. Uh, one of my goals was just to quite literally talk to every single person I could possibly find. And I remember <laughs> you and our, we had another team, we have another team member in the green group, um, Hayne. And uh, I remember approaching you and Hayne like, hey, where are you guys from? What are you guys studying? And turns out we're all mechanical. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So, you know, I can like, this is like a, the group I can like come back to if, if the other if the other conference members, uh, you know, decided to get busy or something. And uh, definitely uh, we were able to talk a lot. And I was very serious about the idea like, hey, if you ever wanted to contact me in the future, just let me know. And I went back to Puerto Rico. The pandemic started, um, well, it started, you know, it started uh, officially in taking uh, school roles at March. So like March, 2020 was like the month where everyone had to go ahead and start the quarantine process. And, you know, from there, you and I were messaging each other. And eventually you said, hey, I had this idea for the green roof. It's gonna be a place of innovation. Are you interested? I'm like, well, I gotta stay open-minded. I gotta, I gotta try something out, right? So that's basically how I decided to join the team. And uh, it's, it's been an adventure so far. <laughs> Yeah, definitely was incredible just having a, well, it was a three-day conference and being able to make a bond that, hey, 20 months later, we're here yeah. making the <laughs> podcast. Here we go. So from your perspective and being from so far away and never even stepping foot in Carmido, southern, good old Southern Illinois, um, what kind of impact do you see that we've made together on campus? Yeah, so definitely because of how teleworking works, we basically have every single update documented and pretty much the social media aspect that the Green Roof currently has is, in my opinion, amazing. Uh, not only do you guys post frequently, but we, we really get to see the updates on how everything starts to look, right? So besides all the documents and work we've been doing on, you know, the virtual scope of things, um, we could definitely see how the environment is like slowly growing. So of course, in this case, and it's pretty simple to say it like this, but you know, the before is, hey, here's a roof, and the after is, hey, here's a roof with the turbine on it. So, you know, kind of simple there, but definitely there's a lot of effort, a lot of work that went into um, just making the turbine, getting everything planned out, the logistics behind it, and uh, obviously putting it up. That was a, a fun event. <laughs> so, yeah, um, being all the way, well, I was 2,000 miles away and now, now I'm a little bit closer, but still relatively 1,000 or so miles away. Uh, definitely like um, just seeing that a group of people, young innovative uh, people in this case, that are just really eager to make inventions and just really test out the waters of how you can just quite literally engineer whatever you want to do. Uh, just join up and, 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 you know, we had these discussions, these meetings, and we could definitely see how progress went on as time went on. Uh, that, that was an amazing experience, honestly, because we could definitely see how literally as, as, a, as simple networking as, you know, like, hey, hi, nice to meet you. I'm interested in this. Can I, can I have a chance at joining the meeting? And then giving them the opportunity to develop and spread their ideas. And then that entire sharing session of just like, hey, let's try to do this. Let's all, all, all the entire process there was, it, it's astounding, honestly. And I'm, I'm very happy to see that once again, we do have results, which is, hey, here's a turbine. But that, that is because of all the hard work that our entire team did. And that's always something I'll, I'll be very proud about. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. Being able to see the tangible results 
right there sitting in front of us, either in person or on the screen, feels good. But there's so many like intangible skills and lessons from you took away. Um, do you want, could you share a bit about that? Like, it, what what's something that you took away from being part of this virtual team? And also, is this one of the first or maybe only virtual teams you're a part of? Yeah, so this is actually the first and only virtual team I've taken. Uh, I've taken during uh, my undergraduate. Um, every other team was, you know, in this case, like there there was virtual stuff, but you would meet up at a lab, and there would be a lot of um, physical aspects. Of course, we had to regard uh, social distancing and such, but that made the communication something kind of standard. Like, oh, if you meet up in the lab, you know, you can have like quick access to communicating with people. When it came to the virtual landscape, of course, we had to either meet up on meetings or we would have to use our um, one of the platforms that we were focused on, which correct me if I'm wrong, but was it's called uh, the one where we had all the documents on? Oh, Basecamp. Basecamp, which is an amazing platform that is super, super well organized. Um, definitely, and we even experimented with the Discord to see how instant messaging would work. Um, but even though th those were sometimes challenging moments in the team, I think the most important part was the fact that we were super open-minded to just listening to every single commentary when it came to generating ideas. Um, definitely, I can understand that in a classroom setting, when you're tempted to answer a question, or maybe the professor, you know, w is like urging you to say like, hey, like, we want to hear your thoughts or, you know, there's always that like tension in the classroom where you're like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be answering this. Maybe I truly don't know. Um, it, it's those doubts and hesitations that you have in a typical environment that you may not feel super comfortable with. Right. Um, and what, what I learned with the green roof is that we, we completely cut that tension <laughs> completely and every idea is welcomed. Even if it's something that you might think is a small idea or something that is really big and has like long-term projections, uh, just sharing those ideas helped me grow the discipline to be more open-minded. And I guess like, I don't want to use the word overshare, but definitely like, you know, if you have an idea that you want to discuss with a team, there should never be tension anymore. Like you should always just say it as it is. And, you know, if the team responds positively, that's amazing. And chances are that's what there's, you know, that's what's going to happen in the scenarios where they don't respond positively. It's a criticism for you to not learn how to make better questions because that's not the case but how learn how to improve um the direction that you're going for right so in our case we were trying to do as many technical engineering parts as possible right um and if for some reason i asked a question based on for example decorations um obviously decorations isn't going to play too much of a big role for engineering but it still sparks a conversation that the entire team can vote on and and have like an ability to talk about and i always thought that was an amazing thing that the green group did so Pretty happy to say that. Most definitely, I agree. Because when you're in an in-person situation, you can easily doodle something on a piece of paper and share it quietly with the person next to you. You can't do that online. You can send a private message, but it's not the same. It's much harder to show that drawing side, especially for like engineering designs. And with using something like Zoom or any other video calling platform, only one person can talk at a time, which makes it quite quite difficult to be able to navigate navigate around but being able to have something like a base camp or even a platform like a mural Miro, where we can all collaborate all at once oh big time is there anything else you would like to comment on with the green roof or 
would you like to dive back into and circle around back to your book? Uh, yeah, I guess like the what just ultimately one last thing I have to say about the green roof is the fact that um, it's it's really cool working with a team that is just literally across the country. Like everyone has a different perspective. Everyone has a different distance from you. And uh, it, it enforces you to get out of your comfort zone. Um, Cause as you mentioned, yeah, it's easy to write down something on a piece of paper, pass it to your neighbor. And typically that neighbor is going to be like your friend, you know, they're going to be your buddies. They're the ones that studies, uh, study with you. Um, but in the green roof, uh, while we, while we're kind of like cultivating the idea of like, Hey, everyone here is like, we're going to be friends. We're going to be very supportive of each other. Um, obviously, at the beginning, that's not necessarily going to be the case because, you know, like we're all strangers at the beginning. But definitely as time goes on and the fact that everyone's really welcoming, that definitely plays like a really good positive role on how we're able to develop as many ideas as possible in a given time frame. Most definitely, I couldn't agree more. And just not physically being there with one another and just having these weekly or bi-weekly calls. Definitely, we needed that team mentality and be able to team bond and be able to share with one another. And definitely, we turned out well. And the results show how hard work as a team, especially remotely, can come, can come all together and produce greatness. So talking about greatness in books, um, <laughs> just quick comment. Um, we're not experts here. We're all young entrepreneurs or innovative minds in a large world. So could you talk a bit more about when you're first writing the book, um, how the environment was? Were you under um, time constraints? Did you have many other commitments on your plate at the time? Or was it kind of like free flowing and you kind of just like found your groove and all the pieces of the puzzle came together? Like, I'm excited. I kind of want to know how this all came to be and how I can hold a book for me right now. And it has your name on it. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, but yeah, so um, as I mentioned, dream journal, right? Like it all started off with just jotting down ideas and eventually they compiled into something that had a lot of structure. Um, characters were made, a lot of elements, story backgrounds. And I was definitely a fan of just like, you know, you can't ever rush the masterpiece, you know, like you gotta take your time. Uh, so what happened was I, <laughs> I was very, very passive about the book. I, I, in fact, I remember telling a lot of friends like, yeah, yeah, I'm making the book, this and that, you know, and, you know, months would pass by, uh, years <laughs> would pass by. And the question is like, hey, uh, where, where's the book? Like, why is it taking forever? And, uh, you know, that basically, it's not a bad thing to have that pressure, because if anything, I do believe that pressure and deadlines definitely helps you reach goals faster. Um and I started realizing like, you know, maybe I didn't want to take this writing path super passively. So I had an opportunity on the summer of, I believe it was 2017 or 18. It was one of those summers where I basically had to like um, stay home for the entire summer. Uh, and I was like, well, if I'm going to have two months, you know, quote unquote, kind of free, I, I definitely have to take an opportunity to, you know, be productive. Right. Um, and again, coming with like, and this doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, if you are coming from an engineering background, you always have to be productive. No, like it's always fun to be creative. And there's a lot of um, reasons why one would pursue a purpose to just continue creating and being productive. So that being said, um, that entire summer, I was just like, well, if I have two months and I've had this project on the backlog basically for a very long time, I think it's time to, you know, start wrapping it up or, 
you know, just get it out there, right? <laughs> and uh, we're talking about a book we've been, I've uh, been developing for years, right? Very passively. So what I said that summer is, let me take the basic ideas that I want and just start from scratch, completely from scratch. And the reason why I did that is because now I have, I, I'm trying to prove a point that in two months, you can write an entire book with all the ideas that you want and just go for it. And I remember that I was racing through the clock. Uh, and fun fact, the book is called <laughs> The Beauty of the Time Limit. Um, <laughs> so no pun here, but I was definitely on a time limit. Um, and I wanted to get the book out by August simply because, you know, school was going to start and there was going to be a lot of responsibilities, a lot of commitments to do when, you know, when you're active in a school year. So I was writing like crazy. I wrote the rough draft in like 20 days and I started polishing a little bit for 10. And the last month was just whatever you wrote was the official draft. I had a, a test reader that helped me out, just like read through the process, make sure I didn't have any typos. Fun fact, there were... 18 typos on the first <laughs> published document. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically I published it after, right, right before school started. School started August 14th that year. Um, I published it like August, it was, yeah, like August. No, I'm sorry. I published it a month later, but all, everything was done. So I was just waiting for some paperwork, like the copyrights and such. Um, and that was great. But here's, here's the funny part though after after you like go through that rush you know you feel either this emptiness or this strange accomplishment right and you probably feel this because you know you did finish the wind turbine uh you're probably on vacation mode with it but you know don't you find it funny that you know there's like this small phase where you're like okay it's over but like is it you know you had the, you, you get those questions right okay yep, definitely i do um because you're spreading so long you're high intense under all of this pressure not stress but you know it's coming up soon and you want to have all the t's crossed all the i's dotted exactly the second you finish all off it's a final period or exclamation point in this case <laughs> it just Definitely. there's that opening sense and you need to find a way to fill it in exactly and so i thought i thought this was pretty interesting because when I did publish it, it was in black and white. Um, and I was like, man, I, I really wanted to publish it with colors, right? Because like colors has like colors is the definition of like when something like pops up in art, at least like that's my opinion, right? And uh, I that's when I realized, oh my goodness, I have 18 typos in this draft. So there I am in, in the school year, you know, just trying to <laughs> go through everything. When this idea came in, I'm like, what if I wrote the book again? <laughs> So I did a I did a mini challenge where I basically asked myself, could I possibly write the entire book again? The same story, same elements, same characters, um, just switch a, a, a I want to say like a majority of some scenes and obviously the typos and everything uh, just make things better. Right. But can I do that in two months while I'm in school? And uh, it took me uh, like six months. That was that was a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea there. Um, but it, it worked out. Definitely, there's a lot of sacrifices and balances one would have to take. But the biggest thing that made this possible was a habit. I remember getting up at, no joke, like, like 3 a.m. for the first month that I was trying to make this new draft. And from 3 a.m. to 6, it was just those three hours of, you know, absolute silence. No one's bothering you on your phone. Uh, social media is unactive, you know, it, it's those three hours of like complete focus. And that's basically what I just did to re-optimize re everything. And then of course, like the midterms came in 
and the finals were hitting hard and I was like oh man this is this is not gonna end so well but again once you make a habit and a discipline where you just you know just go through it no matter how difficult it is you end up getting the product and currently that book is actually free (laughs) if you were ever interested in grabbing a copy of the beauty of a time limit um you could go ahead and go to the website which uh the website that i'm currently hosting it at and it is uh www.anotherchancestudios.com and basically there's a button that says join the void uh once you join the void you basically get the book for free and it's a special edition. So uh, sorry for the <laughs> for the little advertisement here, but um, yeah, if anyone was interested in ever reading the book, I, it's absolutely for free at anotherchancestudios.com. Quick fun fact, Another Chance Studio is one of our proud sponsors of the Green Roof team. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> Spicy information. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So going back to waking up at 3 a.m. to write this book and improve upon it, do you feel that is sustainable for a long period of time? Or do you feel now looking back at it, maybe doing that for X number of days and taking X number of days off would be more sustainable? And did you feel burnout as well doing so with having classes and other commitments on top of it? For anyone listening to this podcast, don't wake up at 3 a.m. when you have school. Don't do it. It's not It's not worth it. I, I, I'm a strong believer that if you want to wake up at 3 a.m. and work like early as possible, like go for it, right? But don't do it during school because like, and, and, and I always joke around this, but one of the hectic issues with a university lifestyle is the fact that it's, it, it can be very difficult to make a schedule um, just because like if you try to study something, you don't know exactly how much time you take. Um, of course, you, you can set your boundaries, uh, your parameters in this case, uh, definitely like say, hey, I'm going to study from this hour to the next hour. And, you know, that's fine. Uh, me, I was just always kind of like aloof. I was like, well, if, if I study, I'll just study as much as I need to and um, don't do 3 a.m. But like I said, I am a strong believer that um, definitely habits and having a routine to do your work is w- way more beneficial. Um you can make progress when you have like a break. So if you had like a three week, uh, a three break, sorry, a three day weekend, for example, which happened, uh, I think once <laughs> in, in these last <laughs> semesters. Uh, I also joke about that because we don't necessarily get breaks, but uh, definitely like you could just say, hey, I'm going to take advantage of, of those three days and make as much progress as possible. That's definitely possible. Um, but I, I personally prefer a routine route just because you, you kind of like mentally get in the atmosphere of just like, I know today I have to do two hours of work. Tomorrow I'm going to do two hours more. The next day I'm going to do two hours more, you know, where when you have a, you know, three day break after working like really hard, whether it's school or work, you know, you might say, you know, kind of deserve a break, you know, I mean, I might pull up the Netflix, you know, which is cool. I mean, like, you know, if you want to relax, you can go ahead and relax, but I, I prefer the routine style for sure. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. It's all coming down to that mindset of if you want it bad enough and you have that why, you have that purpose, you'll find a way to achieve it. And at the end, you can take that step back, look at it, and just have that sense of accomplishment all right there. I agree. <laughs> Diamonds are made out of pressure, haha. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> It's also good to have an idea of like a deadline or a target deadline that definitely helps you accelerate through everything because it makes you feel like you're making 
when you do make progress, you can measure it because you can say, okay, cool. I have like a month left. I am on the final two chapters. Okay. Everything's looking good. So definitely like deadlines play a very big role as well, or, you know, pressure, pressure that doesn't destroy you <laughs> basically. Awesome. So now being a new graduated engineering student out in the real world working full time, how do you see the skills and lessons you learned from writing the book, from being part of the Green Roof team, from all of the other projects and finding ways of continuing what you're passionate about on the side, outside of the work-life balance? Ooh, the real world. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, this is the real world. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a funny transition. I, I can say that for sure. Um, but definitely, definitely um, at work, teamwork is everything. Um, it, you're, not, you're not given a textbook and then it's like, okay, you have five days to read this and you have a test coming up. And if you don't, you don't get your credits, you don't, you don't graduate. Like, no, you don't have that pressure anymore. But the, the pressure that you do face is basically getting the work done with your team um, regardless of any industry that you'll be working on, teamwork is super important. So communication is a big, 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 big skill that you need to have no matter where you are. Um, and of course, all these projects, the Green Roof is a, a prime example of how I personally was able to improve my communication skills to make sure that everything that had to go, any type of information you had to discuss in a team was as transparent and as you know, like immediate as possible. Um, that's a very, very useful thing to have. And then it's also the self-discipline part that one should have enlisted, right? So you are working in a team, but that doesn't mean you're going to go ahead and give your work to someone else and be like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's more experienced, so he should definitely do the job for me. No, they, the chances are you're working because you have work to do. Um, and so I guess like what I could attribute here is with the book, um, there was a deadline, uh, personal deadline that I set up and there was the discipline of, you know, me waking up in the morning, me doing a little bit of research about what makes good character structures work, um, how to make characters compelling. Um, and so that's just an example. But the point is, there's a lot of self, um, I'm trying to find the word for this, but self-propelling mechanisms that you should be aware of for anything that you do, whether it's work, it's a personal life choice that you want to take, um, even things like you know exercising or something. There, there's things that you're going to have to put your own push on. And if you don't put that effort on yourself, then you know, you're not going to go anywhere. So you got to make sure you can, you know, in a tug of war scenario, you're helping the team, but you're also pulling your weight. That's what we're pulling the weight. There you go. <laughs> That's a great metaphor. All right, cool. So now before we conclude, I have one last question and it's to pitch the Green Roof team and the book to your audience. Oof, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's not only spicy, but that's difficult. Let's see. <laughs> All right. So um, if you ever wanted to learn anything about the green roof, be a part of it, want to like work with us, if you want to be a sponsor, um, you have to understand, first of all, that the green roof is basically, I like to say it's like a, a movement <laughs> of all type of things. Uh, we're basically working for the idea of creating innovation, um, rather innovative innovations. Uh, so that might sound like a little repetition here, but there's a lot of ideas in the air that can easily be made. And sometimes we don't have the teamwork to do it. Sometimes we don't have the support to do so. And what the Green Roof does is with a focus on improving our environment, um, our actual like environment, like you know the planet Earth and everything, <laughs> we definitely want to make sure that we can collaborate as a team and continue making 
awesome projects that can continue to improve how we currently live in our planet. So if that ever interests you, then for, for a fact, you have to go ahead and check out the Green Roof team. Um, there's an Instagram page, a Facebook page. Uh, of course, we have this uh, podcast here. Uh, there's a website. Definitely, please take the time and check out that information. It's going to be very useful for you to be aware about. And again, if you ever wanted to contribute, then 100%, please go ahead and check it out. And my pitch for the book is honestly, I mean, <laughs> it's a free book and it's about a sky that's about to blow up. So if you want to see, if you want to see five characters running for their lives, their actual literal lives, um, go ahead to anotherchancestudios.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah, is there any other comments you want to add with that pitch, Nelson? Did I do good? Because <laughs> not too sure if that was a good pitch. Let's that, that audience members that are listening, that's up for, that's up to you to decide. So have fun with that information. <laughs> In my opinion, that was perfect. If you believe in sustainability, innovation, student growth, come join our team, come join our support group, and come follow our journey. And with that, we conclude our episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Roof Team. Special thanks to your sponsors, the SIU Research Park, Energy at SIU, SIU Sustainability Office's Green Fund Grant, the University Innovation Fellows, CHR Electrical, Entertech, RAS Coatings, AES Solar, Sprague Supply Group, H&F Visions, Silvix Forestry and Nursery, Nether Chance Studios, Climate Economy Action Network, and many more. And please visit our website for more information and follow us on social media. Stay sustainable, folks.